Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you for your love and your goodness and just being so faithful to us and always there for us. And So we just give you the praise. Holy Spirit, speak through me this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I'm going to turn my phone off because someone will call me if I don't. And it has not been God. So, Although I did say that one time at church. I was like, it's not like God's going to call me. And the phone rings. And it was unknown number. And so I was like, should I answer it? So I did, because like, what if it was God? Right? What do you do? So I'm like, hello? And it wasn't God. You know? But it's the, the point, right? So, so what did we talk about last week? I was talking about, I was, just, I was just talking about how I start my day. And the reason I was doing that, you don't have to do it like that. There's no right or wrong way. But find something that works for you. And so I prepare my day, right? Like I set my day up. And so when I do that, my day flows a whole lot better than if I just like, oh, I get up and then I'm running late and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And then it's like my day just goes downhill. Like this morning I had some problems too because I was like, you know what? I'm going to get myself a treat because I don't ever eat sugar. So I went and got some M&Ms and I'm going to take them back because all I got is a bunch of W's. <laughs> so I, I kind of got you don't always get what you want, right? So I'm just kidding. I didn't really do that, but but I could have. So, but if we don't plan our day, if we don't prepare, then it makes it hard. And so, like, it's not really planning. It's just setting a time where I can work on myself. Remember, I said the ver- the number one thing we have is our relationships, right? And my number one relationship is with God, right? Because if that relationship is out of kilter then all my other relationships are out of order, right? And then I'm one with God, so it's like me. Like, like I'm one with God, and so here I am with God. I'm trying to have a relationship with God and trying to love God and trying to know God, not waiting, not waiting for God to come back for me to know him, not waiting for Jesus to come back for me to know him, because we can't even agree on when he's coming back or how he's coming back. Like, I ain't getting into that, into those weeds. I want to know him now, and I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. And then we got the Jesus that's in the book, and a lot of people, oh, well, he was a good teacher, or he's way back in the book. Yeah, he is, but you know what? That book is about me. This whole Bible is not just history. This Bible is about you. It's not just his story, but it's your story. And who you are and where you come from. So, so even though there is history, even though Abraham was real and Jacob was real and Jesus was real and David was real and all these people are real, because they is real. I, that was low-hanging fruit. I had, to, I had to pluck it, right? Because he is real, right? I want to know him now, right? And those stories about Abraham, about Esau and Jacob, about about Adam and Eve and all those, they're not just about them, they're about me. And so now I can learn from them and apply that stuff to my life, and now I have a relationship with God that I know Him. And then the Bible starts opening up because I'm not reading a history book or I'm not looking for something to happen that no one can agree on in the first place. Guess what? If I keep that relationship right, no matter what they believe, I'm okay. 
Right? God's not going to say, oh, well, you weren't looking for me, so you have to stay home and feed the dogs. <laughs> I don't even have any dogs now. Right? So I'd have to stay home and feed the horses. And who's going to feed my horses anyway? Right? Can't have a problem with that. I want my horses to eat, right? So anyway, I'm just joking around, so I hope people don't take me too serious. If you're that stuffy, God bless you. <laughs> right? But I want to know him now. So my relationship with him is now. Not yesterday, because my relationship with him is going to change. I can tell you what, what I was preaching 10 years ago um, freaks me out. I was like, why would I do that? Right? What I was believing 10 years ago. I'm like, why did I even think? I've grown. Why? Because I know him. And I guarantee you, so I'm going to look back at a video someday, you know, 10 years from now, and I'm going to be, what was I thinking? Because I'm growing in him. I'm learning more in him. And if I'm not, then something's wrong. I'm stuck. And so I want to know him. I want to know him personally. It's kind of like when you get on an airplane, you know, the stewardess go through and this, they, they show you this thing. They pretend like it drops down from the ceiling and they go, and it, it's an air, air thing, right? Like we're so worried about everyone else, we forget to put the, the oxygen on ourselves first. And then we're wondering why we're so tired and we can't breathe. That is my first responsibility. When I'm in an airplane and that thing drops down, you can bet I'm putting it on me first. Then I'm going to find my wife, and then I'm going to find my two kids. And if you're lucky enough to keep breathing before I get them taken care of, I'll help you out too. But I have a priority. I have a God-given priority relationship priority, and if that is out of kilter, then everything goes out of kilter, right? And so it's important. My very first res re responsibility is my relationship with God, right? My second is with me and God, right? And that kind of goes in the first because me and him are one. And then you get married, right? And the Bible sa says that we become what? One. one flesh. So now I'm just not one with God. I'm one with my wife too. So she becomes the very top of my list, the very top of my priority. And then, then from, from me being one with my wife, become a family. And then there's other kids come along. Not other people's kids. Our kids come along, right? Sometimes other people's kids, right? But our kids come along, and then we become a family. There's more of us, but guess what we are? We're a family. We're one family, right? Then from that extends out, to, to my sisters and, and her sister and their kids and you know and then it just goes on and on and on and then our friends right and then then we have other responsibilities like our, our um, what are we doing uh, for work or for produ being productive or that's not even like on my high priority list right that doesn't even come like, like to way down because if I keep if I keep God first, then all that other stuff will be taken care of. The Bible says in Matthew, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things, all your stuff's going to be okay. That's the James Version. I'm a king too. So that's the King James Version. Right? So now, now we're going down and we're clicking it off and I've got my relationship right. So now I'm working on my relationship with God. 
And then I'm going down and I'm working on my relationship with my wife and I'm like, oh, thank God. You know, my wife says, um, I'm a great husband. Like, right, I tell you, I write out, I am. Like, I write out, I am a great husband. Like, my, my relationships flow, flow with ease and peace, right? And it sets it up. So when my wife says something I don't like, now I'm like, I'm a great husband. Why is she saying that? Let me see. There might be a little bit of truth to it. Like, how, how can I adjust? What do I need to do? And then I'm not being defensive because I'm a great husband. Like, I already got it in my mind. I'm a great husband. Hey, honey, can you go feed the horse for me? Because I can't get out there today. Yes, I can. Okay, why are you so happy about it? Because I'm a great husband. Right? I've already set my day up, set, set my mentality up, set who I am up, and I know I'm not going to live out of what I want to be. I'm going to live about out of who I am. And that's who I am. That's who I identify with myself. I'm a son of God. I am a great husband. I am a great father. I am a great grandfather, right? Not a great grandfather. I'm just a grandpa. I ain't that old yet, right? But I am, I am a great father and grandfather. There we go. That sounds younger, right? Right? And so, so I've set that up. Then my kids are on my mind, right? You'd be surprised. Just a little text to your kids. Hey, I'm very proud of you. I love you. I hope you have the best day ever. You can change their day. Maybe they're starting to have a bad day. So, so it's all about, about um, relationships first. And then everything else will fall, fall into place. Then I work on, what I say? Health. I'm healthy. Right? I'm fit. Why? Because the healthier I am, the more I can do. Right? If I'm sick... I can't hardly work. I can't tend to what I need to with my wife or my kids. So, so I, I want to be in health. The Bible says, above all, I wish that you would prosper and be in what? In health, even as your what prospers? Even as your soul prospers, right? So I want to be, I want to put that focus in, in a lot of the health um, a lot of our dis-ease in, in our bodies comes from stress, anxiety, worry, heartache, because we don't have the number one thing in order. Right? He said, be anxious for nothing. With, with prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. He said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough problems as it is. You know what he's saying? Don't worry about, about what's going to happen tomorrow. You can't change the past, but what you can do is know him right now. That's, that's good preaching, Pastor James. <laughs> Guys won't say amen. I'll pat myself on the back. Right? So, so dis-ease is just simply this. You're not at ease. So they call it disease, dis-ease, right? I want to be at ease. I have vibrant health that flows with ease, right? I concentrate on that. And when I do, I find myself like all of a sudden I get energy and I want to start doing push-ups, right? Till I did some push-ups and stretched myself the other day and then I went to, to do some horses and they threw two extra horses on for me because UW's equestrian team in Western Washington equestrian team had a show. They're like, can you fit two more horses in? And I'm sore already. They're like, we got a show tomorrow. I'm like, 
yes. And I did it. As soon as I said yes, energy just popped in my body. I did it. And then that night I was telling my body, you're okay. You're okay. You're not old. You're not sore. You're okay. Right? And so, so, so I want to be healthy so I can do what I want to do, what I need to do. And so, so it's important to me. Right? It doesn't matter how good, how much money you have if I can't go ride a horse. I want that, right? We all want that. And so um, that's, that's my goal, right? These are my, these are my goals. This is what I, I set up. This is not just my goal. This is who I am. I am healthy. And then the finance, you say, I'm broke. No, you're not. You're not broke in any way, shape, or form. In fact, let me tell you how rich you are. You're a trillionaire. Do you know that? At least. You have 37 trillion strands of DNA in your body alone. Do you know what that means? You can go to the moon and back 207,000 times. You're like, well, I don't see it. Yeah. Do you know why? Because you need an electron microscope to see it. That's how marvelous and wonderful you're made. Not only, don't stop there. You have 80 trillion neurons in your body that are firing electric impulses every second. Every second. 80 trillion. You want me to keep adding up? Every second, 25 million cells die and are replaced. Every second, 25 million, 25 million, 25 million, 25 million, 25. Can you count? Like, that's what we want dollars in our bank account. 25 million a second, right? 25 million, 25 million, 25 million, 80 trillion dollars, right? Yet you're, how much more valuable are you than a, than a single dollar? There's no machine on earth that is that cool and that complex. But you are. You're wonderfully and marvelously made. You're made in the image and the likeness of God. But even this, this earth suit we got, pretty fabulous. Like I talk, I don't, I talk to my body. Like my body, I, it's, a, it's like a car. I talk to my car too. So I started talking to my body like that. You're okay, you can do it. We can do it. Like I appreciate you so much. I'm thankful that I got you because look how pretty you are. You know, I encourage myself, right? And so, so talk to yourself. Talk to your body. How you talk to yourself matters. You ever see the, the Japanese um, scientist who um, talked to water? And he'd say good things about water. You can look it up on the Internet, actually. I've got, got pictures of it on my phone that I kept. And he'd say certain things about water. And then he'd put it under a microscope. And it would change. When you talk love, I love you, you're so, so precious, right? You know what would happen? The crystals would look like it would change. But it, if he played like, like nasty music or talk, I hate you, you're so rotten, it would literally, you could see it would it'd look like you wouldn't drink it if you could see it under a microscope. It changed. Guess what you're made up mostly of? Water. So your words matter. That goes back to your health and your relationships. How are you talking to yourself? How is other people talking to you? 
Maybe you're hurt. Guess what? You can change that. Maybe someone else has been putting you down. Guess what? You can change that because God's talking great about you. And the Bible says there's actually, is, it, is there a slide? Did we get those up? or No? Okay. Okay. But greater is he that is in me than he that is where? In the world, right? So, so we know that greater is he who's in me than he's in the world. So I, I can count on him for, for that, right? And then comes down to finance, right? If you're struggling with, with something in your life, it's probably in these three things. That fair? Right? So, so I'm clicking all the boxes. And so, so if you're struggling in your relationships and everything's really hard, then sometimes your health's going to struggle, and then that can affect your finances too because you're like, well, I ain't going to work today. My boss is a jerk. Right? Or, man, I, they're so mean to me, and it's making me, it's make, I, my stomach hurts before I go into work because it just, my stomach turns, and I'm not at ease, right? It affects everything. Relationships always affect everything. It goes to hell. And then your finances, and that'll affect your finances too, right? So if I can keep everything in line in my priorities, then, hey, I'm prepared for life. Right? I'm prepared to step out. I'm prepared. And I'm not doing it because it's something to do. I'm doing it because it's life to me. It's because I want to know him, and out of him flows everything. I'm not doing it to get good relationships or to be healthy or to have great finances. I'm doing it because I am love. I am healthy. I am rich. Like, well, I'm not rich. The Bible says, let the poor say, I am rich, right? Let the weak say, I am strong, right? So, so it all goes down to, to our mentalities. Well, you're like, Pastor James, you can't, uh, you know, that's, that's affirmations, and that's, that's not good, right? You can't, God's this, but you're not that. I was like, excuse me. I am one with God. I'm created in his image. If he's like that, then I'm like that. Right? And so I got to growl about me too. I'll fight for that. I'll fight the good fight of faith. Like I am going to rest in him. Right? I'm not going to get stuck and live in the other stuff. Now I'm going to go to Hebrews. I I told you I wrote that last week I went to Psalms 107 because it was um, give thanks to the Lord. 107.1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, the I am that I am, for he is good. Did you know he's good? And that, those bad reports about him, he's good. He loves you, right? His love endures till you mess up. (laughs) Endures till how long? Forever. Forever. How long again? I can't hear. Forever. Forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord what? Say, say so. Say this. Say their story. I am redeemed. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who heals all my diseases, right? There's a benefits package to, be, to being a believer, right? Let the redeemed of the Lord 
say so? Am I going to agree with my circumstance or am I going to agree with God? Like, well, Pastor James, you're getting woo-woo. You sound like a faith preacher. Well, what kind of preacher are you? If you're not a faith preacher, a doubt preacher? I mean, what do you want? A doubt preacher? Oh, yeah. Well, what are you doubting? And that's the problem we got. I think the Baptist faith and message is probably the best doctrinal statement of any denomination on the planet. On the planet. Yet, if we're going to preach it, we got to preach it like it reads, right? There, there is grace in Christ alone. Not once saved, always saved, but once saved, you are completely saved. And you weren't saved because of what you do. You were saved because of what Jesus done 2,000 years ago. And to say that you're not and you have to do something, oh, I'm going to get saved and then I'll click this box and this box and this box and then he'll love me. Love me. That's, a, that's like a um, schizophrenic God. And it makes you a schizophrenic Christian, and that makes you you preach in doubt and live in doubt instead of live in faith, right? So I'll take I'll take that that call me a faith preacher, please, right? Because I don't want to be a doubt preacher. You get one or the other. You can't have it both ways. God loves you. He died for you. You're living in His finished work, or or the work was never finished at all. There's no in between. So what are we going to believe? The Bible says this in Hebrews 11. This, by the way, it's called the faith chapter. Can you believe they have a faith chapter in the Bible? What? How dare God? You know? Really, shouldn't all the chapters be faith chapters technically? Right? So, I am so loved. I'm so blessed. I'm so handsome. You can't say that. You know what? I'm made in God's image, and if you call me ugly, you're calling God ugly. How many of you want to call God ugly? Nobody. Nobody. So I'm disagreeing with what God already said about me. I ain't making something up. And if I say anything different, I'm actually cursing. Do you guys understand that? And I'm taking the name of the Lord in vain. We think it's bad words that all these, that's cursing. No, we can, we can curse in fact, I grew up in the South, and they can say, bless my heart. Bless your heart. That is not a compliment. Right? It's not necessarily always the words. It's what's the intent behind it. It's the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And that, oh, well, I didn't cuss. Yeah, you did. You didn't just cuss, you just cursed somebody. You just did it with nice words. I'm like, I was like, thank you. Like, it took me like 20 years to figure out what they were saying. I thought, man, I mess up and they're blessing me? I digress. I don't know what digress means, but I've seen it in a movie. So I wanted to say it. So Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for. Now the Hebrew word for hope is tikvah. Do you guys, tikvah is like, it's like more than just like I hope something happens, but it's literally like a rope that's tied between you and God or like an umbilical cord. That's where we get our life. It's what ties us to God. We're tied to God. And you know something? You don't, might not be able to see that, 
but it doesn't mean that it does not exist. Right? So it says that. It says this. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we... What? Pastor James, you know, you're saying I am rich. I am healthy. Why are you saying that? Because I'm agreeing with what God said about me. Or I'm having a great relationship and maybe you're getting yelled at all the time. You know what faith is? I'm going to come in agreement with what God says and I'm going to rest in his agreement and trust more in what God says and I am that person who's saying bad things about me. Right? I am blessed. I am loved. I am rich. Maybe your bank account hasn't got the memo yet, but if you keep resting in him, just because you don't see it doesn't mean you don't have it. Right? Just because you don't see it don't mean you don't have it. So, so we get so stuck on these five senses. What are our five senses? We see, hear, taste, touch, smell. Right? That we live our lives. Well, if I don't smell nothing, well, it stinks in here. Well, I don't smell nothing, so it must not stink. But if we can smell it, I guarantee you, my wife can smell something like, like 10 miles away. And if she says it stinks, I've learned. I might not smell it right away, but pretty soon I'm going to smell it. Right? Because she's right. She's got like superhuman abilities, right? Or, or taste, right? Or touch. Or smell, or our two big ones are what we see and what we hear. And all this goes within here, but it'll affect everything in, my, in our life. So I want to trust God in who He is and what He's doing in my life, not trust my eyes, my ears, my nose, my taste, my touch. Well, I'll believe it when I see it. Remember Thomas when Jesus come? He's, a, he's a, like, I, got, I just need to touch your, your nail-scarred hands, right? He's like, then I'll believe. That's what we're doing when we're saying, oh, I'll get to know Jesus when he comes back. You know what we're saying? I'll believe you when I see you. That's exactly what we're saying. I want to know him now. And the power of his resurrection now. I ain't getting caught up in the mumbo jumbo. As long as I I have this, I have nothing on this world or the next to come to worry about. Ever. Because he's my source. He's my source. My, My security. The name of the Lord, the I am that I am, is a strong tower. The righteous run into what? Run into it and are saved. Why does that say? If I'm broke, I ain't saying I'm broke. I ain't agreeing with what my sense is. I'm saying I am rich. My God supplies all my needs according to his riches in where? In glory. Guess what? It's infinite. Do you know what that means? I like, like Bill Gates, Elon Musk, you guys eat your heart out. Like you ain't got nothing compared to what I got. I mean, you do. In him, it's there, it's yours. 
you guys see see the difference? Well, little boy with the loaves of the fish and bread. Like everybody's looking, well, man, you might need to run down to McDonald's, and it was already closed. We got to get some more food. He's like, no, no. I have food you know nothing about, just like he has water. He said, I am the living water. And what did he do? Why? Because Jesus was showing us how to live. And he didn't live from what he's seen. Right there saying, oh, the, the, uh, Lazarus is dead. No, he's not. He's just asleep. Right? It, it, it's a different mindset. So, so in Mark chapter 5, we see, see this dude. Jesus goes across the, the, the sea and gets through a storm, and he gets on land, and he's going through the tombs. And this demon-possessed man pops up. Like in, in, and probably he was nuts. He was like cutting himself, wasn't in his right mind, threatening people, right? Just out of his mind. And here Jesus comes up and, he, and immediately he starts bowing to Jesus. His demeanor changed, right? And so I think it's really, there's a few things in that in that, that I really want to hit at. Because when I see five, it's in chapter five. So when I think of chapter five, do you know what I think of? Our five senses. Pastor James, you can't say that. Well, I don't think it's a coincidence it's in chapter five. I don't think it's a coincidence that that guy was living in the tombs. He was living in a cemetery. What is a cemetery? It's a record of what? Of the dead. He was living in the cemetery. He was living in death. He was living in the past rather than trusting God, right? He was stuck in his hurt and he was stuck in his pain and it was causing him disease. It was caused, it wrecked his relationships. He didn't even have nice clothes. And here he is, he, he's out of his mind. So I see, I see five is like, like, here he is, it's our five senses. Are we living in the past? Are we living in the tombs? Because if we are, we're trusting only in what we can see, hear, taste, touch, or smell. And the Bible says right here, it's pretty clear. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And then Jesus comes along. Thank God for Jesus, right? He says, you know what? I want to take you out of that. The tombs. We live in the past. We get stuck in our superstitions. You know what? A lot of religion is just superstition. Prejudices. Oh, you can't go there. Well, you know what? We have the best doctrine in the world, and so Jesus can only save us, and then we're, we're, we're prejudiced. And now we don't realize that Jesus wasn't a Baptist, wasn't a Catholic. He was God, right? He died for everybody, right? No matter what you think, hear, taste, touch, or smell about it, right? So we're going we're gonna to trust our superstition? I, I used to be, like, really superstitious, like, when I ran, I'd have to run to school. I was a preacher's kid, and a big bully would try to beat me up. So he caught me once or twice, and, and after he caught me once or twice, I got way faster. <laughs> and and no, I'd do anything about it. My dad had to work, and so, so I'd run. And I could have went the other way, but there was a funeral home, and I wasn't going by that thing. <laughs> right? So I, I was like, I'd rather face him. 
because like I knew I could sing, then run by some, some, you know, that. I was like superstitious, right? And then when I was running, I had to make sure I wasn't stepping on the cracks, right? Because I didn't want to break my mom's back, right? So we, we have, have as, as Christians, can have superstitions too, right? And there's not scriptural. It has nothing to do with the word of God, but we'll take them to the bank, right? And so, so we, we get stuck in those, and so we're living in the past. Well, if I do this or if I do that, or we get the prejudices, where we become prejudiced. Well, I'm not good enough. They're better than me. And then, but at least I'm better than those sorry suckers. That's prejudice. Right? That's living in the tombs. That's living by your senses because you're looking at some sorry sucker and God's looking at them like, hey, they're in my image. I died for them. They're valuable. They're precious. Maybe they don't smell good. They don't have much money. Maybe they're not the same political party that you are. Oh my gosh. Maybe they're not... I don't know. What else can there be? They don't like football. Like, like that's Antichrist, where I come from. <laughs> right? God still loves... You don't have to agree with someone to love them. And sometimes disagreeing with them is loving them. Right? Don't get caught up in, in, in prejudice. And then false beliefs. Well, what are false beliefs? We have those. If you're not preaching the scripture and believing that Jesus died once and for all and saved you from sin and we're coming to God and we're saying, oh God, save me again. Save me again. I had that false belief when I was a kid. I, like I was, my dad preached when he started preaching. My grandpa was a preacher, and so so my dad started preaching when he was young, and so so at church, and so he was scared to death. My dad was really shy, and so my grandma says, "Well, just preach with your eyes closed." So he started preaching with his eyes closed, and every time I saw him preach as a grown up, he had his eyes closed. But guess what he would do when he started preaching? When his eyes closed. It was pure spirit, pure word of God coming out. And he'd walk around, like he'd get excited and run across the back of the pews with his eyes closed. And someone come up and they said, you really freak me out, Pastor. It's like, why is that? And he goes, how do you do that and not see? He goes, I can see just fine. Freaky. I hated to invite kids from school to come. I was like, there goes my dad. The eyes are closed. He's preaching. He's moving all around. He's, he's living from the, the Spirit. He's seeing stuff that we don't see, right? But here's, it was awesome because what he would preach when his eyes was closed was pure gospel. Why? Because it's the Spirit, right? Jesus said, said a bad tree produces bad fruit, a good tree produces good fruit, right? I don't go get a pear tree say, I, I want you to be an apple. Like, no matter what I do, like nowadays, like I'm sure they can graft it and do kind of funky stuff. But from the very beginning, an apple tree is going to produce apples, right? So I'm going to live. So, but there's false beliefs we have. 
Do we believe? Do we really believe what God says? Doctrine's only as good as it aligns with the Word of God. And if we don't, don't preach what the Bible says, that is called a false belief. And we're preaching, oh, well, that's a, this is a sin and that's a sin, and if, if you don't do this and you don't do that and get your life right and you're getting saved every other week and they're telling you, we got to get it right. We got to do this. We got to do that. We got to do that. Guess what that is? That's a sin. You're telling people not to sin, and you're saying they're doing it yourself. That's called a false belief. Well, it's got some good in it. You know what? Let me get you a glass of water, and I'm going to pour like this much arsenic in it, and then I want you to drink it. How many guys want some? None. Right? Either I want to be all in with him, or I'm going to be all out. And I'm still getting to know him. And I don't don't mean in what I do, I mean in knowing him. Right? Because it comes. Now, I'm not worried about superstition. I'm not worried about prejudice. In fact, we can just mark those off. I'm not living... In the tombs, I'm not trusting just my five senses or the prejudices or living by false beliefs, right? Well, I got to do this to, I got saved, now I got to keep saved, and I'm afraid I'm going to lose my salvation if I do this. Biggest lie on the planet, and that will keep you in bondage. Get rid of the milk. That's not even milk, that's sour milk. That's not even sour milk, that's poison. Straight up. It's hard preaching. We're supposed to be Baptists. Like, I grew up there like, that's the Baptists. They believe once saved, always saved. And then I get in here and I see a bunch of guys that aren't. Worried about keeping their own stinking salvation and just like everything else. It's not once saved, always saved. It's once saved, completely saved. Right? Are we saved or are we not? Is it through Jesus alone or is it not? It says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is not, this is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's what? Word, at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man. When God spoke well of of his offerings, and by faith, he still speaks even though he is dead. He didn't do it to get good. He did it because he loved God. He did it out of faith. And then it says this, By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before He was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, listen, and without faith, you guys aren't going to like this because I'm a faith preacher, remember? I'm not a doubt. You want me to be a doubt preacher? I doubt it. No, I can't do that. And without what? Without what? It is impossible. You know what that means in Greek right there? Impossible, not possible, to please God. Because anyone comes to him must believe that he exists. What does that mean, that he exists? Do you believe I exist? Then you believe I am. 
I am. You must believe. He's literally saying his name. I am. Now watch this. You must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. The benefits come in the relationship. I didn't get married because I wanted my wife to give me a kiss. I'm married because I love her. I get a kiss every once in a while. Married almost 25 years, so maybe once every five years now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Right? You guys see what I'm saying? Yes. Now I'm rewarded because I have that relationship. And that relationship with him brings everything into alignment. Now I can trust in him. And out of that, everything else flows. Amen? Amen. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your peace. We thank you for who you are in our lives, and we give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.